Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Gawkerbacker. All right, Edward. Well, we uh, the, the clock struck zero. We're now recording here. So let's talk about motivation versus action. So what does that mean to you? How do you describe that sort of stuff? How do you get through those two differences in, uh, in daily life here? For me personally, I hear, I hear it. And sometimes people talk, they, they, they don't get up and they're not all about action. So I feel like some, you have that, those two go hand in hand. You have to hear and then you have to go forward and take the action and doing something with yourself. You can't just sit here, listen to podcasts, listen to motivational videos, and listen to what people got to say. You got to put the action into place. You got to take that first step. You got to go forward and take that action because nobody's going to do it for you. Sure. So, so, so we're living in an era right now where there is so much information on all these different channels, uh, Medium, Anchor, what we're doing right now, talk, just kind of talking about it. You know, how do you make that first step, though? I know I know it's easy to just say, like, you know, hey, just get up and do it, right? Just go to the gym or whatever you're trying to be motivated on, right? Whatever's in your uh, in your thought pattern. But what is an actual tangible step from, from going to, to A to B, right? Like, like even if it's right now, how do you go from A to B? First without, thing, with, oh, real quick, without shutting us off because we need listeners, right? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. stop listening to this and go, you know. Well, first thing first, you want to be able to uh, understand what you're capable of doing and understand your limits. So once you understand what you're capable of doing, understand your limits, then you know you want to be. And also you want to be aware of yourself. Somebody who's aware of themselves, know what they want to do and know how to accomplish it. So sure. if that, yeah. So, you know, one of the things I, I, I kind of talk about a lot with this, because um, I work with a lot of startup companies who, you know, everything can be very overwhelming. And what I actually right. kind of uh, suggest to a lot of people is to really lower your expectations. In fact, I just put out a video uh, yesterday on, on my Facebook channel and, and, you know, or all social media, basically, just about really putting your expectations in check and starting with really small tasks that actually grow your business. So a lot of people will come to me and say, well, I want to raise, I want to make $20,000 a year, uh, you know, online. Sure. You know, we, we all want to do that, right? Like, yeah, you right. know, of course that should be very easy, but what's an actual step you could take today of maybe, and maybe it's just literally going on anchor and connecting with somebody that, that could be something, right. You know, so right. even, even though that's a small step, it actually is pushing towards a much bigger goal. So I find that if you lower your expectations, you put your mind in like achievable goals, actual achievable goals. Um, you'll start to feel better and you'll actually have wins behind your belt. Cause I think the worst thing that happens is I think a lot of people can put down the device, go do something, but then their expectation is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to um, get, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in, in, in a day or whatever it might be like, no, man, just, 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 just really kind of focus that self. So, so that's, that's something that I throw out quite a bit on that. You know, how do you find, do you break down your, you know, big goals into smaller goals um, to be uh, successful? Actually, for me, I feel like there's nothing wrong in having, you know, big goals, but you just got to know how to manage them because, you know, you just got to be realistic with yourself. You know? Sure, there's right. No, no way you're going to gain 20 pounds or lose 20 pounds in a day. There's no, you know, that's that's not possible. But if you set those right. goals and right. you have those goals in your head that this is what I'm going to do, then you go every day you work towards it. You work towards it. Every day you work towards it. Today you lose one pound. Tomorrow you lose another pound. 
So you keep going and sure. keep going. By the end, by the end of thirty days, you'd be sure you might lose twenty pounds. So there's nothing wrong with being realistic and having those plans, but you just gotta be realistic in yourself and how to achieve those goals and how to break them into little and little segments. Sure. Are there any tools that you use to help stay motivated, organized? Or is there anything that you do on a daily basis to keep those bigger goals in check? Yeah, like on a daily basis, this is what I do. Every morning, wake up, listen to podcasts, motivate myself, and I also pray because, you know, okay. we can't do it by ourselves. You know? Sure. So I sure. pray, listen to podcasts that motivates me to get up and get it. And then I go to the gym, work out, get pumped up. And I'm ready to face on the rest of the day. Sure, sure. And, and what does like the rest of the day look like? How about when you're sort of in the trenches of of the the day to day business? How do you stay, you know, so focused and centered, and not lose sight of maybe the goals? I mean, again, because there could be a lot of stuff coming at you. You know, a bill that's paid, a, a flat tire, what whatever. You know, you know, the the world is always kind of fighting against you a little bit. So what do you do to kind of stay organized in the middle of the day when it's hectic? Well, I just put to myself, I just think to myself that there's a bigger goal. You know, I always think why, mm-hmm. why I'm doing it. You know, the why, my story. I always put that in the back of my head. And if you always put that in the back of your head, I don't think you won't have any problem. Like for me, I'm an immigrant from Africa. So that mm-hmm. right there, I always put that in my head. Like this is your, you're, you're here to win and you're not here to give up. And I always put that in my head. So you are, you have to have a why. Your why should always be your driving force. So, right. Yeah. So you get your why and keep going. Do Do you write that goal down somewhere? I mean, I think I've read a lot of places that that I know having that goal in your mind is one thing. But is there something that you're? It's something that you're always seeing. And I, I used to read that you know if you want to make that twenty thousand uh, dollars a year in, on or a, a month on on online. You know, write that on a sticky note and put it on your computer yeah. so that you're not getting distracted. Yeah, you write. There's a point you write it down so much it becomes part of you. You know, every minute, right. every second, you you know, every time you go through something, you write it down. You write it down. You write it down. And it becomes part of you. And you have no choice then to mm-hmm. always think about it. You know, you go through something, sure. you always go refer back to that. And this is what, this is why, and this is why I'm doing it. And this is where I'm headed and nothing can stop me. When did you uh when did you come to the states from Africa? Um I was like 13 14. Okay. What was was it your parents that did it or what yeah, my dad. Uh, what, was, my, what was, was the decision? It was my dad who brought us over here for a better life. Okay. Right. And what did what did your parents do? Uh, my what your dad do? My dad is a um is a, a nurse practitioner and my mom is a nurse. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what, what's in kind of, what, well, what is your big goal? I mean, you, we've, t- we've kind of glanced around a little bit, but what is your big goal right now that you're working on? Well, my five-year goal right now is for, to be able to at least buy my mama, my mama's house and just be able to live okay. comfortable, you know, because they're the reason why I'm doing it. I have no kids, you know, no wife, so they're the reason why I'm doing mm-hmm. it, you know, to be able to buy my mama's house in, in five years' time. That's great. So – you know, let's break that down. Then, what what does today look like for you? What's a what's a Tuesday morning look like uh, in your life right now? Uh, typically on Tuesday morning. Uh, right now, I just I'm on the podcast. After I'm done with the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm gonna go to the gym. After the gym, while I'm while I'm at the gym, I listen to uh, podcasts. 
listen to podcasts that gets me pumped up, you know, about my day and how to get my day going. Then I come back home, and then I start my business. Usually, I'm a dropshipper. So, okay. Yeah. So I find different ways in how to pitch my niche and how to promote my uh, website. Very cool. Very cool. What other podcasts are you listening to right now? Um, just Gary V. That's the only guy who keeps me okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's a good one. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's got a lot of lot of great stuff out there. There's uh, he he is a he's good at it. Very good. Um, at it. Well, that's cool. Well, let's yeah. Well, let's talk about where can people actually learn about you, follow you, connect with you? Because I know sometimes Anchor gives us about a ten minute window. So where can people follow uh, up with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Warren Warrenzo W A R R E N Z O E E. That's my Instagram name, and yeah, that's I'm only on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Edward, let's, let's, uh, this is a great interview. I'm glad we could connect and, uh, and share some of our ideas around, uh, how to grow and be motivated and actually take some action. This was a great conversation. So Edward, I appreciate it. And, uh, I, I wish you well, man. Thank you, man. Anytime. Have a wonderful day. Awesome, Edward. You too. Thanks. All right. Well, I hear the, the horn has started our, uh, our conversation here. So that's perfect. So, uh, William, before we get into it, uh, who are you? What do you do? How can people find out more about you? I am uh, William Tamo. I'm from New York. Um, actually a cook. I also am a laborer in a union, which I hate. <laughs> okay. That's besides the point. And nice. I'm, I'm on Twitter at um, WKAMMEL uh, on Twitter. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into five questions in five minutes. You ready? Got to go. All right. Number one, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, ham, egg, and cheese. Scrambled egg, brother. Yeah, that's a good breakfast. That's probably the best breakfast that anybody's ever said on here. Most people are like coffee. Like, cool. All right. All right. I'm having coffee now. Yeah. Cool. All right. Number two, what's the last book you've read? Ooh, um, that's a good one. Uh, the key, I just got it and finished it in one, one, one and a half days. It's, uh, Keith Hernandez, uh, Keith Hernandez, it's a, uh, autobiography oh. of Keith Hernandez. And the old but good yeah, first I, baseman, the old Mets first baseman, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm from New York, a diehard <laughs> Mets fan, so. Right. Yeah, he let that ball go through his legs, right? Or no, no, that was Bill Buckner. Sorry, it's the Bill yeah, Buckner. That was Bill Buckner. Yeah, we won. I know. We won because you, of that. You won because of that. That's right. That, that's the connection there. When I think Keith Hernandez, uh, you know, I mean, outside of obviously first base, I think about the Seinfeld episode that he's on because I always thought that was a good oh, one too. Where he's trying actually, to date Elaine. If you look on YouTube, they actually have Jerry Seinfeld doing commentary at a Met game and they talk all about that, oh, that episode. It's I'll have hysterical. to look for it. I'll have to look for it. That sounds great. All right, cool. Number three, what's one thing you want people to remember about you? Oh, um, well, actually, can I do two things? Two things. Um, one sure. would be my lobster wasabi stuffed mushrooms. Um, that sounds they, tasty. They are worldwide, just so you know. They are awesome. And uh, <laughs> just me being a great person and – Always, always like I'm. I'm more selfless than selfish. So it's good. That's a good trait. All right. How about number four? What would you change if you could change one thing about yourself? Oh Jesus! <laughs> My bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, 
Uh, well, you're on a you're on a podcast. You're 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 a celebrity right now. Take account will go up. Well, I don't know about celebrity, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's an appearance fee for this today. Oh no 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 appearance fee. I'm <laughs> I, I'm I'm gratis today. I know. Uh, can I? Oh, wonderful. Can I ask you five questions, kind sir? Well, we got one more. Ooh, we got one more quick one here. Yeah. What's one of your goals in the next twelve months? Um, a good one. In the next twelve months, I would have to say, ooh. Probably get my catering business to the next level, which yeah, good. which yeah. is uh, something that I aspire to. Um, also, I'm dropping a couple of hints to investors for, you know how they have those, um, you know, paint night. I don't know if they have it in Detroit, but in New York, paint night is the rage for women. The, oh yeah, the paint with a twist. Yeah, or paint with a twist, or paint with yeah. a wine, yeah. or whatever, something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they go, yeah basically, yeah. women go out and get hammered. What I want to do <laughs> is kind of do like a cooking class. So basically, have like a um, a studio. Basically, almost get like one of those Benihana kind of Benihana kind of restaurants. Yeah. And right. gut it and put like regular grills and you know ranges or whatever. And did do a cooking class. I want, you know, have people like face me and do a cooking class. And then they can learn how to do like a, uh, basically learn how to do a uh, a recipe or whatever for the night. Sure, sure. And That's cool. I'm here on Long Island, so we have a lot of vineyards out east. So, you know. Yep. Well, William, I'm going to point you in some direction. So that's actually what I do for a living is I find money for startup companies. You should look at a platform called WeFunder. WeFunder? Uh, WeFunder, yeah, WeFunder.com. It's for equity crowdfunding, and that is where the crowd basically invests in your idea, mm-hmm. um, and you give up a, a small percent of, of equity in your idea, so 10%, 5%, whatever the numbers are. Um, and this is probably the best platform for raising money for any sort of restaurant, bar, breweries. Um, it is, uh, so yeah, if you've got a good business plan and you've got um, at least most of the ducks kind of in a row of where it would be, how it would look, what your five-year plan looks like. And, yeah, that's the platform to go and raise money oh, on. Now I got to really, like, dig in and do, like, P&L statements and stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. You got to have some got to have some ducks in a, in a row. But if you do, um, there is a lot – I could point you to a lot of examples of uh, restaurants and breweries and anything franchising on that platform that's raising – you can raise up to a million and a half dollars per year, basically. Hey, can um, you do me a huge favor and DM me that on my uh, Twitter? Sure. That'll be yeah. It's yeah. W K A M M E L at Twitter. What we'll do? It's a, it'll say like William Paul Smackage Camel or whatever. It's it's a wrestling thing. I'm big on other other podcasts or whatever. So, but yeah, did you watch the 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 Netflix Glow? What'd you think about? Oh the my glow? god, that was ridiculously funny. Yeah, I thought so too. And and, um, did you see the? Uh, uh, Andre the Giant thing on HBO. I, I I watched about the first ten minutes of it, and I stopped because I needed to actually give myself time to really watch it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I didn't want to be distracted with like work and other stuff. So I watched ten minutes. I was like, this is gonna be a good one. I gotta I gotta watch it. And then the wife doesn't want to watch it, so I gotta find <laughs> I gotta find a little bit of me time oh, of just course, to enjoy some Andre the Giant. So yeah, it's coming. It's coming. So. Okay, so my five questions. Number one, right. I have number one. 
Question number one would be, are you still a Tigers fan? And do you like the new park or the old park? So I never actually got a chance to go to the old park. I have no idea why. I was definitely old enough. My parents never took me. They took me to Mud Hens Games, which is the uh, affiliate of the uh, Tigers. Uh I don't know why we did that. Um, so the new park is totally great. Um, in terms of a Tigers fan, no, I haven't watched a single thing. And um, it's, 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 it's really disappointing when you see a team uh, purposely tank and, you know, <laughs> whatever. Hey, listen, okay, question number, uh, question number two, another two-part question. Are you a Lions fan? And do you remember a, um, a, a linebacker named Stephen Boyd? Of course. Of course, I remember Stephen Boyd, and unfortunately, if you live here, you have to be a Lions fan. It's just, I don't know what happens with it. Um, so, yes, on Sundays, I put it on. And Just a, yeah. just a little fun fact, Stephen Boyd lives three blocks away from me, and I've known him all my life. Well, that is interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure he has some Lions stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has better be, uh, blessing college stories. Uh, yeah, I bet so. Okay, um, yeah. Question number three, do you visit Toronto or the actual city of Detroit more on, an, uh, on, a, on a basis? What, what... So I used to, have, yeah, I used to have a recording studio in Detroit, uh, so I would be down there every day. We moved out of that about two years ago, and now we're actually getting a new office in downtown Detroit right by the old train station that's abandoned, that's kind of world-known. Uh, so that should be actually happening in the next probably eight weeks or so. We're expanding our team and our office, so I'll be back downtown. Uh, Toronto, I drive through it quite a bit because I teach sometimes up in Clarkston University in upstate New York, up in Potsdam. Okay. And uh, we drive through Toronto, and that's usually our stop off to get something nice to eat in, uh, on, our, uh, on our whatever it was, like a seven-hour drive. Got to get some poutine in you. I, absolutely. Exactly. All yeah. right. Well, um, question number four. Question number four would be, um, how did you get into what you're doing? Or do you always – did you always like broadcasting? Is that something were you ever be? Are you on radio? Did you start on radio? Sure. Yeah. No. So, uh, so I um, have been in a band. I've been in music since you know whatever thirteen. I owned recording studios across the United States. Mm-hmm. I had four of them at one point. Um, so from there, though, I actually started doing crowdfunding. So I met Perry Chen, the creator of Kickstarter, back in two thousand seven, right before Kickstarter came online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into crowdfunding. So we, um, so finding money for people is just kind of the, just kind of started happening. Um, and I still do live sound for like mega churches here in the Midwest. Oh, wow. Um, so kind of a weird sort of other sort of scenario. So, and then podcasting, I just, I don't know. I like talking to people. I think it's a good way to connect. And and because I work out of my home right now, I don't see many people. So this is a nice opportunity to like (laughs) connect and, I now know you know Stephen Boyd, yeah. which I was not planning on talking about Stephen Boyd <laughs> today. How, how yeah, many so. people do you know? Because that's the worst part. I mean, I, I, I'm one of these people. Yes, sorry, I'm outside. I'm actually on my, on my way to uh, one of my side jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically enough, yeah, Stephen Boyd and I don't know. Do you remember Saturday Night Live, um, Jim Brewer? Of course. Yeah, Jim Brewer's got the comedy sketch, or like, right, does he do the ACDC? Uh, does he play guitar or something with his mouth? Oh no, that was not his. Skit? No, no, he's uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, he did. Uh, he used to be big on Opie and Anthony. I don't know, 
years, yeah, I'm, yeah, years and years yeah. upon years ago, and uh, he one time went on a blind, well, I wouldn't say a blind date, a first date with my sister. And <laughs> <laughs> ironically enough, Jim Brewer um, took my sister to go see Goonies. And my sister, of course, wasn't a big fan of Jim because, I mean, if you ever saw Jim, he's a great guy, and I, I believe in great, I believe that. And um, he, one time, he was brought, she brought me, I sat in the middle, and he just, like, wanted to, you know, make a big impression or whatever, <laughs> and bought me, like, everything in the concession counter. Of course, I was a little fat kid, and uh, <laughs> years later, he actually told the story on the radio show, and I was like, um, that was me, and I called up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Valley, where I come from, uh, out of Long Island, Valley Stream, we have, like, we don't have many, but we have, we have Steve Buscemi, Stephen Boyd, Jim Brewer, <laughs> Fred Ardmanson, and Les Moonves, who's the leader of CBS, so... CBS, yeah. That's all. That that's our claims to fame. Not bad. So, not bad. And last question, but not least. Um, being that you live in Detroit, um, Detroit is one of those hotbed areas of unions or whatever. This is this is my hard hitting question right here. Sure. Um, big into unions or whatever, and what is your feeling on? unions do you feel that it it is a good way to keep workers or do you think it's more corrupt than anything else well it's probably like everything is that it's probably a little bit of both yeah. um wherever there's protection and there's always going to be or, or a lot of money to be made there's somebody that's corrupt behind the scenes at some point it feels like uh-huh. um so i think uh, you know you know I'm like one of the only people I know that have no connection to the big three. My parents didn't work for, which is an anomaly here. Uh-huh. Everybody I know, somebody worked for the big three at some point mm-hmm. and was a part of it. So, you know, I, I'm always an outsider on that stuff. I don't really get it. But like um, the generation above me is like it's union or nothing. And you don't even you don't basically you don't mess with it. You don't fuck with it. You don't talk about it. You just do it. Exactly. Um, uh was a moment that I have been trying to get into like the musicians union for touring or like live sound. Um, uh-huh. you know, but that's, you know, I, I just don't even think about it. So I know that there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, and then yesterday, I believe the Supreme Court actually struck down, um, this right to actually, um, sue an employer as a group. I think there was a big case yesterday on that, which hurts, mm-hmm. hurts workers. So it feels like if you're not pro union right now, it's another step to like, you know, how little can we pay somebody and how, how big can we get our profits? And there's no protection for the little guy. So, you know, right now it feels like I would be all about, uh, some sort of union scenario. It feels like that's what needs to be. And, and again, and then understand that there will be some corruption at some point. Somebody's going to find a loophole. Somebody's going to be a dick. Somebody's going to take advantage of it. But as a greater whole, it's for a positive. So, oh uh, yeah. Well, once again, I agree with that. I, 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 I'm one of these people that, once again, me being in a union, I feel that it's in a way it's a good thing. I, I feel that there are certain. Um, certain unions that are for the people and I feel there's certain work unions for the business agents. Yep. Yeah. I feel like, like the union I'm in, I, 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 I mean, if it's worldwide, I pretty much will tell you right now, I'm 
I don't think I'll be no longer part of this union. <laughs> but it's more about more about the business agents here. I mean, yeah. what happened was they. Well, William, real quick, you see, this is going to end at 15 minutes, so we got 10 minutes to, to wrap up. So sorry to get, cut you off. No, 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 no. Cut us off, man. I got you. Uh, just, All right, buddy. Ju- All right, good, man. It was a good talk. Let's talk again, though. Let's let's jump on another call. Oh, definitely, bro. All right, thanks, man. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those conversations we had out there with some uh, with our with our guests. Uh, it was a good one, right? That, that five questions in five minutes was a wild one. So I thought we'd take a second to kind of talk about what is the value of a Kickstarter or Indiegogo backer, right? So what is the long-term value of having something like this or having someone like this inside your camp who has backed and pledged a campaign? Now, there's no real great formula, but if you go to woodshed.agency, I've got a new blog that's going out and, and try to thinking about lifetime value. And there's a video that's going to be on there about me explaining this a little bit more. But really what I'm looking at here is when I'm talking about a lifetime value, what I'm talking about is what did these people do after the campaign? So typically these are your insiders. These are your super, super, super excited people who can't wait to get your product, right? Like you are really solving a a problem for them with your widget, your solution. So these are people that are going to talk about you at picnics, tell their friends and family about what they got. They're going to champion you in all kinds of settings. They are they are going to be on your team, right? But to get them, you've got to go out inside of Facebook and, and social media and marketing and build that crowd. So when we say that, that means like, you know, can you build, let's just say uh, 200,000 people to watch a video. Are you going to get 200,000 backers or insiders? No, you might get three or 400 off of that or who knows what, maybe even 100 at this point. But, you know, those people who have seen you, you can at least retarget them and you can you can go after them with a second offer or a second Kickstarter or a discount code or or the products now live in the store. Or you can go touch it, feel it. You have an ability to sell to those people. So you at least have a crowd of people to start to market to. So it's important that in this whole process, you think about sort of a bullseye, right? That inner inner core of a bullseye is your super backers. These are your people who are championing your message. They're helping you online. They're, they believe in you, right? Next ring out is people who might've just backed the campaign. They just want their thing. Next ring out from that is people who saw you, but just couldn't pull the trigger in a Kickstarter, or they're waiting for you to be in a store, or they're waiting for you to be able to touch and feel your product or whatever it might be. Next ring out from that is people who are just like, I just don't buy on Kickstarter. That's simple. I never even thought about it. Next ring out from that is I only buy on Amazon or I only buy on e-commerce, whatever it might be. And next ring out is people who might not ever buy you. So if you think about it in that strategy, you know, the number for Kickstarter is like, yeah, if you get this amount of backers, that's awesome. But don't get caught up in the dollar amounts, right? Don't get caught up in I raised $100,000, $200,000, whatever it is. Think more about how this impacts the life of your brand. And if you want to have a sustainable company, you're making other products, right? You're not just making one thing and that's it. I don't, more than likely that's not you. Maybe that is what you're doing. But if you're going to do other products, you've got to make sure that you have targeted an audience that is going to be into what you're doing over the long haul. So think about it in the bigger picture. Um, if you got questions, again, go to the blog, woodshed.agency backslash blog, read the new article that went up on lifetime value. Check out that example there. And uh, if you got any questions, shoot me out an email and let me know. Jeff at woodshed.agency is my email. All right. Also, if you want to join my VIP club, do that right now. Text 313-367-0076 right now to get the most up-to-date information uh, about crowdfunding, digital marketing, and what's going on out there. So go text me now over there, and I'll talk to you all later.